Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Most certainly is, but it all thanks to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Head to Chemist Warehouse, John Stephenson, Cam Luke and a superstar of Australian athletics and, in fact, world athletics. is Commonwealth Games gold medalist and uh, Johnny Steph. You're not yeah, the only. more than that. How, this is well, 59 million royalty, if, if I'm going to go through his CV, <laughs> it's going to rule out any good chat with him. Because it's look at, how, look, at how, look how big it is. It's 38 pages. All I can tell <laughs> you is that the guy's a superstar and Ollie Hoare joins us now. Ollie, welcome to the House of Hats, man. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Mate, always oh, a pleasure. We, we only speak to the biggest stars. Uh, Johnny Steph is traditionally the biggest star, and I'm glad we've got one bigger than him, and yes. he gets well, shadowed, I man. Say, I didn't say off air, Cam. It just feels so great to have a fellow Commonwealth Games gold medalist on this program. It's been lonely, Cam. It's been very, very lonely for me. And hey. now, you know, I've got the champ. Ollie, Ollie man, we're so super-duper proud of you, brother. I know we talked uh, we talked off air about um, about the season, and the one thing I want to preface this whole conversation by when people talk Commonwealth Games, people like to think that some of these events are light on. When I say that 1500 meters was stacked at Commonwealth Games, it was stacked. It just in the in the, in in the sheer fact that we had the the current uh, world championship gold medalist in the race who, who, pre, who only was five or six weeks before Commonwealth Games, and only took him on and put him to the cross. Uh, and 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 this shows the caliber of athlete Ollie. He was all season last year, all season. Ollie was dominating around the world. Yes, world championships didn't go so well, which I'd love to discuss him and get his thoughts on it. But when it came to Commonwealth Games, he did not let himself down. He threw himself and gave himself the best chance to win. I think that's why we love him. That's why Australia love him. That's why the world love him because he gave it what, what you're meant to do at championship running is win the race. So Ollie, man, we are so proud of you. Congratulations. It's awesome to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, yeah, coming from you, uh, that's, that's pretty, pretty unreal. Um, yeah, I just going through that whole year was, uh, it was pretty incredible. And Obviously, yeah, world champs was a bit of a disappointment, but being able to correct that and then go to comms, like you said, it was just a crazy stacked race. You had um, even had the uh, Tokyo silver silver medalist uh, and bronze medalist, as well as the uh, two former world champs. It was just a, it was a crazy race, an amazing race to be a part of. But uh, yeah, getting the win on that definitely uh, it was it was a very very sweet moment and awesome moment for athletics as well, uh, particularly in the fifteen hundred meters for Australia. So it was awesome to to, to uh, get out there and just, yeah, win that race and, and uh, put all that hard work into into result. Ollie, when you say it was a disappointment, were you able to fairly quickly with you and your support staff be able to work out what went wrong in the world titles? Oh, 100%. I think for me, I uh, I was going in so confident, uh, meddling and obviously trying to take that world championship win. Um, I had a great race in Oslo. Uh, I ran 3.47.4 mm. in, in the mile um, mm. and that was an Australian record. And Mosh, uh, held that record, and then Stewie held that record, and then uh, to break that record by almost a second, it just it proved to me that I was uh, a capable athlete to be up there in that in that top uh, medal contention. But tactics just didn't go well. Um, Semi final, I I spent too much energy moving around. I didn't trust my instinct. I didn't trust my gut. Um, trying to close down the race near the end to qualify, and and it cost me uh, a spot in the final. And obviously. My coach, my support staff, they all were pretty upset and pretty disappointed, feeling like they, they did something wrong. But it was really all on me. And as an individual athlete, as, as John knows, like you do take on your results, whether they're the highest highs or the lowest lows. And and that was a low for me. And I thought, well, I, I'm very, very lucky and fortunate. I have another, another privilege this year to compete at the Commonwealth Games to represent Australia again and, and to do it right. So 
we went back to the drawing board board and we kind of looked at my training and, and, and showing that my strength has been there the whole year but what really mattered was the trust and the instinct of, of having that that close that last kind of kick because that's where mm. races are going to be won and um if you watch the 1500 meters at com games that's kind of what i did i just i stayed patient and made sure that i when i made my move it was uh it was decisive and it was also just to make sure that i could run to that line first and um yeah and and, and that's just that's what happened that's that's how it went <laughs> Well, Oli, it's great to have you on the show because one of the reasons why we have this show uh, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse uh, is to us to educate the general public about track and field. And 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 I'm, I find it really interesting because it's something I learned in my career um, when you get the big championship running. It's very different to running in Australia, running in college. And I think it's more the emotional element of trying to get through the rounds and making sure your nervous system and emotionally you are put together to be able to attack in the final and i think a lot of people watching they go why don't you just do that in the final but they don't understand to get to the final there's heats there's semi-finals and, and and there's rounds to get there um and i think it's really interesting to say that what you learned was okay I, I think i just did a bit too much work in the semi-final and that sometimes is not only physically it's it's the mental exhaustion you put yourself through to try and make the final to try and do the dance throughout the race and then you get to the final and you kind of you, you you're hungry you're physically wanting to do it but there's something that just, like you call it, that last kick you needed for the last 50 metres. And I think you articulated it very, very well, which then we saw that changeover um, Commonwealth Games where you learnt the lesson. And I also do want to say to people, when you talk track and field, when we call them blue ribbon events. Now, in my understanding, Ollie, you can correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding of blue ribbon is the 100, of course, the 400, <laughs> the 1500 and the marathon. And to win any medal in any championships in, in one that is is extremely hard. As you heard, the caliber athletes that that Ollie raced against was was you heard Tokyo silver medalists, world championship gold medalists. So I think that this this the future is you you are the top one or two three athletes in the world in the fifteen hundred meter Ollie. Yeah, without a no, doubt. I, I... <laughs> I really, yeah, I, I think that was the the one thing. You are right with the Blue Ribbon events. I agree that the 100, 400, within 100 marathon, maybe 5K as well can be, can be yeah. classified as a Blue Ribbon yeah, event, definitely. 800 maybe. But I yeah. think when you watch history of athletics and you go through, you know, all, all those events, those events are the ones that most of the crowds on there, like everyone's engaged. They know the characters, they know the athletes. And, uh, and those are the races that a lot of people are in, very engaged with. So, um, well, yeah, the Commonwealth has an amazing array of athletes. And I think that was the one thing that you pointed on too, was that it is hard for just a, a, a general fan who who watching the Paris Olympics and we watching uh, the Commonwealth Games when it's in Victoria. Like, why why can't they just run like that every race? It's like, well, <laughs> that's just not how you, you build into it. Like a sprinter kind of, they want to get used to it. They want to get used to the kind of the feel of the track, the way they feel like accelerating and, and all that sort of stuff. I'm not an expert with sprinting, but I know that every round they usually feel better and they feel more prepared. Yeah. Um, 400 as well and 800 to 1500 is all about just getting to that final as, as easy as possible, but also mentally just as capable as possible to to be hungry, like you said, and to, to perform at that top game. And and that's something that you learn as an athlete and, and you make mistakes um, along the way, but to be able to kind of correct that and learn from it, it, it definitely um, it helps in that progression at the at the major uh, championships. Now, of course, with everything going on in the world the last few years, there's a, a shuffling a couple of these major championships, which means you get an opportunity in less than 100 days to get back to the Worlds and, and resurrect that disappointment from last year. How does it look for you the next 100 days? How does it look for you from a competition point of view? 
Uh, it, it looks great. I mean, I'm, I'm going to Rabat Diamond League, uh, 1500 meters, which will be a good opener. Um, and then Oslo 1500 meter Diamond League, which will be against uh, the world champion and world silver medalist as well as the world champion. So I, I get that exposure to compete against those athletes early. But as, as John uh, kind of emphasized, like the rounds are so important. Um, getting into those major championships, that's when you've got to get used to like racing back to back. And these races are going to be great to test where I am um, competing against the best athletes in the world. But uh, moving forward, obviously, um, we're going to be focused really well on training on just making sure that we can prepare ourselves for those rounds, also physically and mentally, um, going into Budapest. So, uh, But my first two races of the schedule are Rabat 1500-meter uh, Diamond League, uh, Oslo 1500-meter uh, Diamond League. And then uh, I'll have a bit of a, a base just to kind of get through some training. It's going to be a long yeah. season for a lot of our um, athletes in athletics. And then moving forward from there, I'll do the London, uh, they're having a mile. Uh, at the London Stadium, and then uh, heading towards uh, to Budapest. So it's going to be a great season. I'm really excited. Um, I'm I'm in a great place right now, and I'm looking forward to hopefully um, getting some scalps and and turning a few heads uh, at those Diamond League races. So it's going to so be Ollie, it's going to be a good one. Sorry, Oli, I don't want to I don't want you to uh, to to reveal your game plan for the season. But uh, uh, <laughs> what which which one of those races you named you, you're hoping to drop the hammer, mate? Is that going to be closer to, towards Budapest, or are you going to build all the way to Budapest and put all your eggs in one basket for Budapest? Honestly, I just Oslo, Oslo. Yeah. I'd love to I'd love to run that race, win it, and watch the home crowd be really upset about their Norwegian superstar getting beaten. Oh, that's, 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 yeah, that's, like that's the race. That's the race. I like um, it. I really want to. And <laughs> my coach and I, we're, we're focused on that race. It's going to be a good test and a good kind of place where to be moving forward to, to Budapest. And it's got good yeah. space where we can kind of make adjustments in training or tactical errors that may happen. But I'd love to add in his home uh It's home got such a rich history, eh, Oslo. Os- yeah. Oslo's got such yeah. a... Rich history, uh, Ollie. I mean, the, the great Sebastian Coe, I think, broke the 800-meter record mm-hmm. there. Was it the 800-meter record he broke That's there? correct, yeah. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, uh, and, and yeah, so, but uh, I would have thought maybe Monica would have been something on your radar. That's historically a very, very quick track, very, very quick race. 100%. I mean, i got to get into Monaco. I think Monaco's one of the hardest me to get into, and my ranking's great. Um, you know, I'm, I'm able to get into all these diamond leagues, but Monaco's definitely on our radar too. Um, yeah. So hopefully that would be the one where, you know, you'd run a really, really fast race. Um, but Oslo is definitely the race where they, all the competitors are there that are probably going to be there at the uh, Budapest final. So and how important think, is that, yeah. Ollie? Ollie, how important is that to run fast? Um, in a, in, 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 is it important to you to have a fast race? Or do you think, damn, I, I might have taken some, some money at the bank for world championships and run that quick in Monaco? You say a race yeah. historically like Monaco, they do run 329, yeah. 328. You know, they go quite quick. Yeah, no, it's always a risk. I think when you when you run such a like if you run an amazing time or personal best or a national record or a world lead, even um, there's always going to be a risk there that you may be overdone it. You maybe might be over overworking it too early, and then when you get to Budapest, you can't fire, you can't engage in the race as well as as you could uh, at that point. So it's always going to be careful and cautious about that. But um, I mean, personally, like if I can go into a Monaco or Oslo, um, running in a really good race, being competitive hopefully winning the race or running fast, then I can tick those boxes and also be able to reassess and say, right, we're in a good place right now. Budapest is the end goal. That's that's where we want to go and, and represent Australia as the best possible version of ourselves. And uh, that's kind of, that's the main goal is, you know, maybe maybe uh, you sacrifice a second or you sacrifice a place to, to gain a place and gain a second uh, in Budapest. So that's definitely like yeah. the priority. 
Ollie yeah. Hoare joins us on the House of Aths right across the SEN network. I just want to ask you about Tokyo because all these Diamond League events, the Com Games, you know, the world titles last year and again this year sold out, joints going nuts. And Tokyo, your first Olympic experience, you're doing laps of a track with not many people, if at all, in the stadium. How how did you find it compared to what you're used to now when you're, you're running in these major events? It was very surreal. Um, I, 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 I still feel like... I've been talking to a lot of uh, past Olympians and their experiences with, with London, with Rio, with Beijing. They've all got incredible stories and, and, and fan engagement, all that sort of stuff. And I remember Tokyo lining up. Um, it's my first ever Australian team that I've ever made. Um, lining up for the 1500-meter final and you could hear a pin drop. And I did not expect uh, <laughs> that that experience. You know, I expected the roar of the crowd. You, you feel the energy like always? John knows... Was it horrible? Like, be honest. Was was it, was it? Were you just let? Were you did you feel let down? Were you like, is this really what I've worked yeah. my backside for? I mean, it's the Olympic Games, so you want you want the you visualize it in your head since you're a kid. And John, you know this. Like you visualize it, and you think the crowd screaming, like just mm. the, the roar and the energy. And and when it's not there, when you've worked so hard to get there, you're just like, damn, that is a disappointment. But um at the end of the day like it it was obviously an amazing experience competing at the olympic games competing for australia making a final learning um about all those kind of aspects the village everything but um i know paris is going to be oh, incredible man. i know that they're going to bring it uh through 100 percent. it's going to be massive raw massive crowd but the crowds are coming back the roars are coming back and and that's something that's getting re- you know really excited with the sport is I mean, the Murray Plant meet in Melbourne, uh, we've got an amazing crowd out there uh, for that meet. And, and that just gives me hope that athletics is growing in Australia as well as around the world. And, and it's going to keep building up and supporting our amazing athletes in the sport. Ollie, before we do let you go, always thank you for your time. Of course, John Stephenson was uh, the mastermind behind Nitro Athletics and the Elimination Mile, which I'm a huge, massive fan of. And we spend huge most of this well. show talking about it. Is it something that you would love to see a bit more of the Elimination Mile? A hundred percent. John, every American that I run with, every American, every person that I talk to, they all they talk about is the elimination mile. They watch on YouTube. They're obsessed. No way. They love are it. Are you serious? They try No, I'm not kidding, mate. I'm not kidding. They obsess. My teammates who are American, US Olympians, um, and like all these athletes are like, Why hasn't Australia done an elimination mile again? I was like, mate, we could put we could put one anywhere. We could put one in, in Melbourne, we could put it in Sydney, we could put it anywhere. You come down, you race it, they're like hundred percent because they love the race, they love the instinct and the tactics and people mm. just like it was just it's just so such a brilliant event and uh it's fun because that kind of reach has hit the US as well as Europe and I think you'd get a lot of a lot of uh, traction on, on getting that going and, and getting people excited about Elimination Mile because it is as as a viewer a very entertaining thing to watch. And a lot of the American runners uh they loved watching it. They really loved watching it. So come on, Johnny. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're gonna it. have to get to work, Ollie, and we may maybe just just have to call it the Ollie Hall Elimination Mile. <laughs> you know what I mean, champion? So oh, that's mate, great for mate. you, mate, brother. Love it. Mate, hey. gonna get too big. <laughs> Ollie, thank you. Always uh, a pleasure to talk to a uh, superstar. And uh, you got a couple of minutes, 100%. man. So good luck for the uh, the season ahead, and we look forward to chatting to you again sometime real soon. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. He's a superstar. Ollie Hall. We love the Elimination Mile. Quick break. All thanks to Kemmer's Warehouse. Plenty more on the House of Aths next.